Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Let's continue that to the Lord for just a moment. I thank you, Father. Oh, you're better than I deserve, Lord. Better than I deserve, and I thank you for all that you do. God bless you. You may be seated. And while you're being seated, if you would go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 28. The book of Acts, chapter 28. I concur with a pastor about the wonderful time yesterday with the men. I told them uh, personally, uh, but I would like to say to them publicly, to Brother Alan Everett Jr. and Brother Brian Bird, thank you for the sacrifice that you make for that because uh, what we done yesterday was more than just eating and playing games. Uh, we need that as men, especially in this day and hour. Uh, we, we need to be united together. And uh, I would like to congratulate my uncle and brother Danny Newbern. I, you know, I've always admired, I won't tell you who he played in the final round and completely destroyed, but uh, I've always admired and respected my uncle's relationship with the Lord, but I found out yesterday for sure he is a true Christian because who else would win and let the runner-up pick the knife that they want? <laughs> I don't know if he done that because I'm his nephew or the Lord spoke to him, but <laughs> praise the Lord. As always, it's a privilege to, to be in front of you, the greatest people that I know. I love you with all my heart, and uh, I thank my pastor for the opportunity. Acts 28 and 1, and you can remain seated because my reading is a little lengthy this morning. Verse 1 of Acts 28 says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people, and don't be confused by the word barbarous there, uh, that simply means that they did not adhere to the Greek culture or they did not speak Greek. They were, they were good people, uh, but they just didn't speak the Greek language. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast in the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. 
In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. I would pose a question this morning to you. How many have ever survived something? I mean, survived something, whether it was an accident or a season in your life. Uh, perhaps some of us survived high school. I, 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 heard, a, I heard a fellow one time say he was sur- surviving his marriage. But <laughs> seriously, if you've ever been in a situation and wondered, will I ever survive this? Will I ever make it through? Have you ever been in a place in that you just give up and said, I, I, I don't think I can make it? I've gave up hope before, but thank God hope didn't give up on me. And just when I thought it was all over, Jesus Christ steps in and he pulls us up and, and he brings us out. And I just feel in my spirit today, and I want to preach to somebody here today or perhaps by way if you're listening on social media I want to preach to you that you may have found yourself in an unexpected place, a strange place, a place that you never thought you'd ever have to be in your life. It's a place that you don't think you'll ever escape. You'll always be held there like a hostage. You're reminded every morning that you wake up where you're at in this awful place you find yourself in. So I'll preach from this topic this morning Will I ever make it through this? And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to try to answer that question for you, for me, and for anyone who feels like all hope is gone. And you feel like your life is over and you'll never experience joy or peace again. But I believe in the Holy Ghost that we can. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I love you. So thankful for the spirit that we have felt in this place. I'm thankful for the word that went forth this morning from Brother Rayleigh and how it touched our hearts and our minds. I appreciate the praise and worship that we were able to conduct together and how your spirit has moved in and out of this service. And I ask for the next few minutes that you would touch this word to our hearts and our minds and ask you to touch me, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and the whole house said amen. In our text this morning, verse 2 tells us that Uh, The people of the island were kind to Paul and the men that were with him on that ship, all 276 of them. And we read here where they built the men a fire. And we read in verse 3 where Paul is assisting them in building this fire. He grabs a bundle of sticks and as he puts them on the fire trying to help build the fire, this snake comes out and latches hold to him. Quickly, a recap, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, Pastor and Brother Larry Newbern Jr. several weeks ago preached about the shipwreck part of this story and, and done a tremendous job, and it got me to reading a little more into it and digging a little more into it. So uh, if, if this is no good, then you can blame it on them because it was them that prompted this. But Paul, he's in prison for preaching the gospel. He's been shipwrecked. Because of the captain and the powers that would be would not take heed to his advice. He makes it on boards or whatever he can 
to this island called Melita and he's stranded, he's cold and he's uncertain about where his life is going right now. But as his fire is being built and he thinks he's about to warm up and he thinks he has made it to safety, he gets bit by this snake. I mean, at this point, Paul either had to cry or just laugh at himself for all that had gone wrong in his life. Some of you know what I'm talking about this morning. Just when you thought the fight was over, just when you could see a light at the end of the tunnel, here comes something else at you. This snake comes out of the fire that Paul was trying to help build on this island that he never planned to be. And the Bible says that this snake fastened to his hand. So this was no small striker. It was not a quick nip by this viper, but the snake actually latches hold to Paul's hand. And scripture tells us that the people on the island, let me pause right here and say that's why we have to be careful who we surround ourselves with. Young people, young married couples, I want you to hear me today. If you don't hear nothing I say, you be careful who you surround yourself with. You be careful who you let in your home. Everyone don't belong in our circle. And that may seem cold or callous, but we're in a fight for our life. And it's, like, it's eternity, and it's either heaven or hell. So it's important who we surround ourselves with. But because there are those when they see you go through a season or a tragedy, they automatically want to assume or assign a reason why you're going through what you're going through. That makes sense. In other words, they think that bad things are happening to you because of something you did. So the people of this island are watching Paul who has been bit by this snake and he's just come off a wrecked ship. He barely made it to this island on a piece of board. He's a prisoner. He claims to be a preacher of the gospel. And so they're perplexed because if Paul is this servant of God, why isn't God protecting him? And you and I have to watch out for the enemy because when we find ourselves in difficult times, he's going to start with his lying, conniving ways and he'll try to convince you if we serve a God that really loves us, then why is this happening? So the people of the island stand back and they look at Paul as this snake is hanging from his hand. And remember now, the Bible says that it fastened itself. They draw their own conclusions about Paul and they think that, well, he certainly have, has done something wrong. They conclude that he's possibly a murderer. Surely he can't be in God's will because the Bible says, though he escaped the sea, vengeance suffered him not to live. He made the shipwreck he made floating to the shore, but it's, he's destined to die. The next verse we read where Paul simply shakes the snake off in the fire. Snake is latched on, it's clamped down. So Paul, without saying a word, he didn't try to convince everyone there that God was with him. He didn't try to explain to them that he was a preacher or a, or a saint of God. He didn't feel sorry for himself and begin to cry. He didn't go on Facebook or Instagram and write a long post about all that's going wrong in his life. No, no, no. The Bible says that Paul simply shook 
the snake off in his fire in the fire and we could all learn something here ladies and gentlemen that there comes a time in our life and I know it's cliche and I know it's been said a thousand times and it'll probably be said a thousand more before the Lord comes but there are times as men and women of God that it is necessary that we stand flat footed and we can't do nothing else when whatever it is that's come against us we shake it off whether that mean for you running the aisles whether that means for you for shouting or praising the Lord whatever it is sometimes you just got to shake it off I can't let this get in my spirit I've got to get this out of me I've got to get this off of me I refuse to allow the enemy to let something get on me that don't belong there we've got to shake it off Everyone is talking about you. Everyone has given up on you and it seems all hope is gone. But you get rid of this. Don't let this infect you. Don't let this get infested in your spirit. You get rid of it. You get rid of it and with the help of the Holy Ghost we can continue to move forward. We, we can't afford to sit around and see if it's going to heal itself. I can't stand by and wait to see if it's going to get better. I've got to get rid of it now before it destroys me. Paul said, Paul said, I already got a word from the Lord. He told me that I was going to Rome. So I, I can't die on this island. Whatever's happening is just happening. But God promised me that I was going to Rome. And when God calls you and I, it doesn't exempt us from problems and chaos in our life. But he has given us that promise that is used often. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So whatever he's called you to do, you hold on to that and you keep pressing forward. Paul, Paul shook this snake off in the fire and it was no surprise to him because he had had that word for the Lord. And for every one of us that have wondered why, why, Lord, am I here? Why am I why am I going through this and will I ever make it through this, God? We get so busy trying to find out the reason. And God is there steady trying to show us. And he's trying to show the others around us to see what we're going through. God wants to show his power. God wants everyone to see your faith and your attitude when you stand and declare like Job, though he slay me. Yet will I trust him. And sometimes things bite us because being faithful doesn't prevent me from getting bit. Being full of the Holy Ghost doesn't prevent me from being shipwrecked and washed up on a shore. And so Paul shakes this snake off in Scripture and it says they all looked for a great, great while just kind of hanging around to see what happens. And there will be people in your life that do that to you and I. They're not there to help. They're not there to mend. They're not there to encourage. They're simply there to wait to see if you live or die. And the Bible says that when the people saw no harm, that they changed their minds. There will always be people who will be shocked that you made it. They expected you to quit coming to church on Wednesday night. They expected you to throw in the towel and give up and, and let church go and, and the devil was just waiting for you to quit. But look at us here this morning. After all we've been through, after all you face, look where you find yourself this morning in the house of the Lord. We've worshiped together. We've prayed together. God has moved on us. We've made it. Despite all that I've been through, 
I will bless the Lord and there will be a praise on my lips. In spite of all that's happening, I will stay faithful to him. Everything that we've been through and we're still here serving and believing God. So they've decided that Paul is not a murderer and he must be a God of some sort and that's why it is so important that we can't let our emotions get the best of us when we're in a tough place because our response cannot be to those around us. It matters if I fly off the handle and lose my cool or not. It matters how I conduct myself through a tragedy. It matters how I handle the way I walk and the way I talk when things are not going right. They've decided that Paul is a a pretty good guy now, but you've got to remember the same thing happened to Jesus. He come into the city on that donkey and they cast palm leaves at at his path crying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And you read on just a few verses later and the next thing the same crowd is crying, crucify him, crucify him. And Paul has went from this bad person to a, perhaps a God in their eyes and I won't ask you to raise your hands this morning but if you're not in a rough season at this point, you've been there. If you're not there, I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news but you're going. And so I believe we can all relate to this this morning but Paul at this point in his journey has a decision that he must make. Am I going to be miserable and stay on this island and die? Or am I going to continue to remain on my mission for God no matter where I'm at? No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to serve you. Shipwrecked in a storm on a cold island, bit by a snake, almost died. Now he must make a decision. And I feel in the Holy Ghost today that the Lord is telling some of us that. It's time to make a decision about what we're going to do in this season of our life. Paul didn't plan to go to prison. He didn't plan to be shipwrecked. He didn't plan to be on this island. But he now must decide what he's going to do while he's there. He can sull up and pout and wait to be rescued or he can do what he did in Jerusalem. The people of the island now perceive that he's this great man or at least very important. So in verse 7, we read about the chief of the island whose name is Publius. He, his word has been brought to him about what has took place down by the fire. It goes on to say that Publius provides lodging for Paul and some of the men that were with him. And keep in mind now, Paul is a prisoner. He's shipwrecked. He's cold. He's on this island. And he's been asked to come to the chief's house. It kind of reminds you of the story of Joseph. If we will stay faithful to God, he will always give us favor in the midst of tragedy. He will always be there. So there are times in our lives that we will be presented with opportunities to do something for God. And it's going to be because what we have went through that is going to allow us to do what God needs us to do. God will use us through our afflictions. What you have conquered, what you have faced, God can use that. So Paul, is he's in the chief of the island's home and because of the, the trial or the snake bite, if you will, that he had to endure down by the fire. And 
Sometimes we find ourselves praying for God to use us. Lord, I'll do whatever. If you'll just, if you'll just use me, God, I'll do whatever you say. I have stuff that I want to do for you. And God is there tapping at our heart. I've got so much for you to do, but you're, you're not willing to go through any adversity. You're not willing to prepare yourself. You're not willing to, to do the necessary things to condition yourself to follow out my will for you. And the only way our faith can grow is if we go through some things in life. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not implying here this morning that God causes bad things to happen in our lives. Life, life causes bad things to happen. And how we respond determines what God can do with us. We know that it rains on the just and the unjust. So Paul is in the Publius's home and at some point in verse 8 he learns that the father of Publius is sick. Must have been a point where a light went off in Paul's head and he realizes I know now why I'm here. I know why that shipwrecked. I know why I floated to shore on a board. I know why I got bit by that snake. There's a reason. There's purpose behind the madness. The Bible says that Paul entered into where he was at and he laid hands on him and prayed and healed him. Laid his hands on him. Now this is not original to me. I read this a few days ago. And this is not in the Bible and I'm not trying to add or take away. But imagine with me for will and my imagination probably runs wilder than most. But imagine with me if you will and place yourself in the position of Paul. There's a man in the bed and he's sick. Paul comes in to pray for him and he lays his hand on him and while he's praying, he can't help but to see perhaps two bite marks on the hand where the snake has been on him. And Paul looks at this and he's thinking, what was a tragedy? What almost took me out, what almost killed me, is now the same thing that God is using for his glory, using to heal and to mend. And so what I've come to tell us here today that what don't kill us is the same thing that's going to give us the strength and the faith to push through and do things for God that we never thought were possible. I'm going to ask our musicians to come this morning. God used that same hand to heal with. What did you go through that you wished you'd have never gone through? That you probably shouldn't have to go through? I've come to tell you that yes, it's happened. And it's hard. It almost killed us. But what that matters now is our response. Verse 9 says that when Paul had healed him, that there were healings on that island. Paul was used by God to do a great work where the gospel had never been before. I know your heart is broken. But it's because of the experience that God is going to use you to help the brokenhearted. I, I can only imagine that that divorce was unbearable. 
but it's because of what you faced that God is going to use you to help someone who finds themselves in that same situation. The drug addiction, the alcohol abuse, it almost took you out. But because you endured that and you find yourself here today, God will take that if we let him and use it to help others. I know you was wounded in church and it hurt you. And you vowed that you would never go to church again. But here you find yourself this morning. And there's grace and there's mercy extended here not only by God but this congregation. And you need not never forget that because it is that same grace that you can extend to someone else who finds themselves in that position. I know the sickness that you carry and have carried for so long is so hard to deal with. You're in pain at night. You can't sleep. Your days are miserable. And you wonder sometimes why God even lets you to continue to live. But I've come to tell you this morning that if you'll stay faithful to God, He will use that to help others. And I know you may have lost loved ones and it hurts. But if we'll allow God to use us through tragedy, there's no telling. There's no telling what He can do. And we'll be able to one day to stand and help someone else that finds themselves on that same road. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I found it interesting in study that this island was about 18 miles wide and about 18 miles long. And Melita is a Phoenician word for refuge. The island is about 58 miles south of Sicily. During the storm, they had traveled about 325 miles from Rome. God had not only spared Paul, but through this storm, through this tragedy, he moved Paul closer to his destination. So even though it seems like we're in the middle of a terrible place, a horrible season, and I'm not diminishing where anyone is at because I know how bad it hurts, but God has us in a place of refuge. Not only is He protecting us, He's moving us closer to where He needs us to be, but we must stay faithful. We must stay faithful. So I'm going to give you the answer to the question that I ask. Will I ever make it through this? Yes. We're going to make it through this. We've got to keep pushing. Keep fighting. Keep pressing. Keep praying. And whatever you do, don't turn loose of the hand of God. And allow Him to lead you and guide you and comfort you. I'm going to ask for the next few minutes in closing. These altars are open. Or you can make an altar where you stand. But please don't let this opportunity slip away from you here today to ask the Lord to strengthen you. If you've had doubt in your mind about whether you'll make it through whatever season you find yourself in, 
use this opportunity to let the Lord heal us, mend us, and comfort us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.